So the least surprising news this week, and Ohio State fans held out hope till the very end, as you mentioned in the previous segment, Maserati Marv is headed off to the NFL. And, you know, I'll just start here. I think, you know, the only missing piece and the only kernel of doubt on why Marvin would have come back is the one that just can't matter more than his future, which is he is the rare Buckeye in the last 10 years, and, and several of his classmates now are trying to rectify this um coming back to columbus he's the rare buckeye that never beat michigan and i think that sucks because in every other way you could look at marvin harrison and say he is one of the truly greatest wide receivers in buckeyes history which is wild considering i want to ask i want to ask if he's the best and listen i'll tell you like if you look at the numbers um he finished fourth all time in Ohio State history in terms of total yards re- receiving. He was about 80, 70, 77 yards shy of David Boston to pass him. We know Chris Olave accomplished the feat of passing David Boston before he left. He, he had 2,711 yards. Um, he's behind Olave and Boston. He missed David Boston by one touchdown for receiving touchdowns. Chris Olave finished with 35 in his Ohio State career. Um, so they were pretty, he's, he's certainly in that conversation with those two guys. Um, and then he finished fifth all time in terms of receptions in Ohio state history. But I just think from like a standpoint of like big picture, Nick, I understand like the stats of the stats, the numbers, of the numbers, some of that too. He probably would. I mean, he had a couple games this year where he put up zero touchdowns and it was like, okay, that seems ridiculous for a guy who's this good. And if you had a different quarterback this year, you wonder if that had looked differently. Um, but like I don't know, I'm hard pressed, and I and I'm gonna fully admit, like I wasn't necessarily in tune with the David Boston years when I was like a five or you know five to eight year old when he was at Ohio State. Um, but to me, man, like he is the the he might have been he might have been the best wide receiver in like college football history in terms of just like the readiness to go pro. I mean, I've been saying for the last two years. The day he goes pro or gets drafted, he will already be a top 10 wide receiver in football. Like that is hard to like, especially in today's game. That's a hard thing to imagine a player already being, but he was, he has to be to me like the most talented, exciting, some of the ways he contorted his body to like keep, keep his feet in balance at times. I'll, I'll never forget that one play where his leg was like, he had like his knee up in the air and his body's being like pulled out of bounds and he somehow got his foot. It was ridiculous. Like, the guy was remarkable. It stinks he didn't win anything, but I think he goes down like to me has to be the best wide receiver in Ohio State history. So I think he's going to be the best wide receiver in from Ohio State in Ohio State or in Ohio State history to go into the NFL. Meaning that I think as great as Terry Glenn was, as great as um, Michael Thomas has been, as great as Olave looks to be, there are a, a myriad of other names, by the way, because Ohio State has had so many phenomenal wide receivers. I mean, even Brian Hartline, you know, was like a fifth round yeah. pick or fourth or fifth round pick, and ended up having amassing, I think, between eight to ten thousand yards. I, I might for, I might have actually inflated that a little bit off the top of my head, but the point is. You know, even the guys who weren't the number one wide receiver on some teams ended up going to the NFL and having a, you know, 5,000 yard career. So 
I think when it comes to going into the NFL, I think he's going to, I think he can be a hall of famer. Like I think he can join his dad in the hall of fame. That's how great of a player. I think he's going to be, I think injuries are going to be the only cause for concern. There's no way he's the number. He's the best wide receiver in Ohio state history because the team accomplishments weren't there. And I don't take, I don't really mm. take any joy in saying that, That's but fair. like, um, I mean, I think in terms of domination, he is as good of a wide receiver as I've ever seen. I mean, honestly, I, I, it's a damn shame we didn't get to see what he could do with a better quarterback this year. But I, I think, I don't think he can be the best player at a position in Ohio State's illustrious history if you never beat Michigan and you never won a national title. That hurts even more because if only he hadn't got a concussion in that Georgia game, we might be talking about a guy who had a national championship, and then we'd feel differently. Well, you, by, by the way, it. do you do you agree or disagree with my statement? I think the accolades matter. That's fair. Um, I guess for me, like I, as we started the conversation, I I, I always I don't know. I like to look at those things from a, a standpoint of like if you take all the stuff that's like it takes more than just him to earn. Um, and you take that out of it, which again, like the, so the team accomplishment type things, if you're just solely looking at the player and the talent and what he brought to the table. And I do this too, with like the, not to go on this tangent, cause this can become a whole thing, but like the LeBron, Michael Jordan conversation to me, listen, if you want to have that argument, I'm not going to sit here and, and pick sides on that right now. But to me, like LeBron, we like there's never been a player like LeBron James that's played the game of basketball. Like if just from like the physical specimen part of it, like if you're talking goat, um, he had he clearly had more like ability and talent than Michael Jordan did. Um, but obviously, Michael Jordan did a lot with what he had and became this accomplished figure that we consider the goat. So I'm not the so yeah, like the the accolades do matter in that conversation. But I think like if I if you're just looking solely at the player, like LeBron James is like something we've never seen before. And that's kind of the way I was taking it with Marvin was at face value, like just look at the player, look at his body of work in terms of like the stats, the numbers, and also just what he does physically from a talent standpoint. We have never seen anything like Marvin Harrison Jr. as a receiver at Ohio State. And there's been some really good wide receivers. Like, I mean, that guy stepped in in that Rose Bowl game and lit it up as uh, essentially he was a true freshman, I believe that year. And it, it's, it's been, it's been a fun, fun ride to see him develop into what he is. You're right. It, it stinks that it doesn't come with the accolades and the championships or beating Michigan, the gold pants. Um, but it, it has been fun. You wish he had more of that, but I, I walk away feeling like I've witnessed Truly one of the greatest players I've ever seen in college football ever. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say I actually disagree that we've never seen anything like this at Ohio State. I think um, I think uh, Ohio State fans remember Chris Carter when he was a, a very True. young pup. Before. I'm being hyperbolic for sure. Well, but, well, but like, I mean, I, I think Ted Ginn was a guy that I just never seen anybody with that kind of speed. So, like, I, I don't think the gap between what Marvin, uh, who Marvin was or – Alave or Michael Thomas or um, Ted Ginn or Terry Glenn or Chris Carter. And by the way, I'm, I'm leaving out like five names in there um, and probably of just the last 15, 20 years. But I, I think when it comes down to Marvin, I think the, th I actually think this last year was his most impressive year simply because Abuka was hurt most of the year. Travion was hurt for a, a bulk of the middle of the year. 
And even though Cade Stover had a couple moments, G Scott, Carnell Tate, like you go through, uh, you know, some of these guys, they, they had plenty of talent, but he had to be the offense. Be, you know, yeah. if, if, if Marvin had actually had a better quarterback this year, one, his numbers would be off of the chart and all that other stuff, but he like, he just wouldn't have been in charge with scoring that many points. And he really was like, you're at any point Kyle McCord was looking at him because Kyle McCord knew that's my whoopee. So not only did he protect a young quarterback who quite frankly was not very good. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to rubber stamp this take. I cannot wait to be vindicated when Kyle McCord gets benched at Syracuse next year or when Kyle McCord wins six, <laughs> six games. Because you're, you're, I have you're never... waiting for it to happen. You're going to be rooting. It's it's uh yeah. You're, you're you're rooting hard for that to happen so you can be right. And I and I here's the thing. I don't root for the young man to fail, but I just think the amount of takes that Kyle McCord is some otherworldly player. Oh, he's a top ten quarterback. No, his stats are top ten, and that's because of Marvin Harrison. Yeah. And I think Marvin I Harrison's individual legacy at Ohio State is going to age really really well based on what happens with Kyle McCord elsewhere. But like thinking back to this year, he was the offense for most of the year. And I, the thing that I will give him, you know, two years ago, you had a bookie, you had other weapons, you had a healthier team, you had CJ Stroud. So it's not that it was, it wasn't impressive. It's that there were other key pieces functioning around him offensively this year. It was, it was Marvin Harrison jr. And almost, almost to the Buckeyes, and not, not discredit, but like watch, it's like Steph Curry in basketball. Watch the defensive gravity and the defensive mindset paid to Marvin Harrison Jr. this year because they could, because they could throw bracket coverage him, or they could throw two or three guys, or or have three guys in the general vicinity. That's because they could, and Marvin still had a historic season. That I do think is is a feather in his cap. What he did in his final year in Columbus, because it's not his fault, as you'd said, yeah. that they didn't beat Michigan or that they didn't uh, win a national championship this year. That belongs on the pieces around him. But for him to still be at the level he was this year is wildly and incredibly impressive. Agreed. Um, and I, I I see your point for sure on like some of these other great Ohio State wide receivers. Um, I just like I've just been so impressed every time he st- he takes the field. And you're right, like he, it's the same conversation we have with like Miles Garrett in the Browns, where he was the player that you were scheming for. The opponent that was the first person you're talking about when you were scheming for Ohio State. It was we have to find a way to take this guy specifically away, and if we can do that, we have a chance to win. I was going to bring up real quick. Cause you mentioned Michael Thomas. It's funny. Like Michael Thomas had, had he early, he's a, he's had a lot of injuries of late, obviously. And that's kind of derailed his career. But when he first got to the NFL and broke out as a rookie and all this different stuff, and he earned the big contract, he was at one point, one of the best, if not the best uh, receiver yeah. in the NFL. It's funny though. Cause like, I don't even necessarily like, I remember bits and pieces of his career. I remember the touchdown uh, and during the playoff run that he had, um, but he's only like 24th on this list all time in terms of yards. And in terms of touchdowns, he is 13th. So like, he's a little bit lower on the list. Like I don't even think of him as like an all time great, necessarily Ohio state receiver. He is, and he won a championship. So that elevates him a little bit, but it's funny. Cause like, there's just so many names as you, as we have this conversation that you can go back on and be like, Oh yeah, that guy went to Ohio state. And Oh yeah, that guy also 
went to Ohio State. The the the, the wealth of receiver talent that's come out of that program is is pretty incredible. You well, all well, things considered. And based off that, that's where I really think Marvin's legacy is going to be. You know, like I think he's going to be remembered as the greatest Ohio State receiver in the NFL. And 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 that's because the the accolades just weren't there this year. You know, like well, I, I, the, the individual accolades were, but the team accolades the last three years weren't there. Yeah. But I think if this dude goes, I mean, if he goes to Chicago, I think he's making Justin Fields' career. I really yeah. think he has. I mean, I think this is. I think that could be Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. That's how important I think Marvin could be. And like, I'll say it again. If 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 this guy stays healthy, um, 10,000 yards is like the beginning point for the conversation for his career because he'll play, he'll like his dad, he'll play. You can tell he's going to work his ass off and just be a key part. Like he's not content with just making the NFL. And you can kind of tell that with how he kind of grew and got better at Ohio state as well. He walked in and he was arguably your best wide receiver by the end of his freshman year. And he was not content at just staying there. He continued to get better, but you put him in Arizona with Kyler, you put him, I mean, the quarterback matters, but I think yeah. Marvin is going to make or break uh, can be the guy that makes a quarterback in the NFL and so I just think it's going to be wild because the the revisionist takes are going to be greatest wide receiver in, in Ohio State history. And uh, it's not going to matter to some people the Michigan losses. It's not going to matter the lack of national championship. But I think the proper take is, holy crap, the NFL look out. Like you, you guys don't even you guys don't even know what's going to hit you. The man is going to and I think he has a wide receiver. He could be the first guy to control the top of the draft. Cause I think the bears are either going to be trading out of that first round pick, but trying to stay close enough that they can get Marvin uh, in the top three, or the bears are going to say, we're going to take this kid. Number one, pair him with Justin Fields to hell trading down. And I think that's wild. I mean, that's, that's yeah. very rare that you have a wide receiver that has that kind of impact on the draft there. So we yeah. do have plenty to get to here, guys. Do you guys consider Marvin Harrison jr. To be the absolute, best wide receiver in in Ohio State history. Uh, hit us up in our comments. At Nick Wilson says, at Spencito underscore on X. But when we come back, we have to say goodbye to another very prominent name in college football. But first, a word from our sponsors. 